Thank you, Jimmy. Hey, welcome to the Unified CXM Experience. And as always, I'm Grad Khan, your host. I'm the Chief Experience Officer at Sprinkler. And I'm actually really, really excited about today's show because I have absolutely no idea how I'm going to close it out. So we're going to just play this one out and see what happens. So um, I want to talk about Unified CXM today. I know, weird, right? Like, why would you want to talk about Unified CXM on the Unified CXM experience? So strange. Uh, So uh, what I want to do is kind of start digging into a little bit of the advantages of being on a unified platform. And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to talk about this a little bit from a story standpoint. Uh, and this is a little bit of, you know, hey, what are we thinking? Uh, uh, or, hey, what were you thinking? Is that, well, maybe that's the sort of the exercise we'll play. And I want to start with a, a really interesting um, piece of work that we did uh, just recently for a client pitch. And uh, I'll, I'll kind of throw out um, credit to Sharon Rajan. Uh, and Sharon is an SC, uh, Solutions Consultant, uh, with Sprinkler in our UK office. Um, relatively new to the business, but she's just did a really nice piece of work. Uh, and I, I can't really show it to you, obviously, on a podcast, but I can describe it pretty well. And I think what Sharon has done is got a really nice way of visualizing the, or the interplay of the whole person. And, and the, I think the whole person should be the theme of what we're going to talk about. And this is the issue I think that all brands and companies have with their customers is that they, they struggle to really reach the whole person, um, primarily because they mostly have CRM systems that are just transactional. So they've got a very narrow view of somebody based on what they've purchased. Um, what they're missing, and which is reasonably easy to add, is all the experience data that comes from all the public forums and platforms that people post to. Uh, but most companies don't, you know, don't pick that up and don't uh, connect that to the single profile. And even more importantly, there's other things you can add to really think about what that person looks like and think about how to manage that person across the whole organization and the whole brand. So what uh, Sharon did is she said, hey, um, she used a kind of just a prototype person, Gloria, and she said there's B2C Gloria and there's B2B Gloria. So I'm not going to tell you what the actual brand we did this for. Not really important, but it's an energy company. And the energy company has got gas pumps and charging stations and convenience stores and all the usual culprits that an energy company has uh, in the B2C side of things. And they've got fleet management and sort of corporate purchases on the B2B side of it. So you've got sort of, sort of the two people. And what I think is fascinating about most of what we do in marketing is we often forget that the B2C person is also the B2B person. And I would argue that in many cases in B2B, we actually forget that the B2B person is actually a human being. Uh, the way we talk in B2B sounds like we're talking to some kind of automated robot. And I, I think this is a really nice piece of work that she did where she said, hey, the B2C person is having a set of experiences with convenience stores and the pump and filling up and you know, you know, getting, getting, working with the app. They've got this particular company is an excellent app. Working with the app and you know, just sort of having an experience. And how that experience goes and how that sort of B2C journey goes does have an influence on how someone reacts in a B2B context. Let's talk about B2B for a second. So you've probably heard me say this before, but it's worth repeating that B2B is an unusual category in that no matter what you're selling in B2B, you're selling one thing. Hmm, What does that mean, right? So if you're selling, say I'm selling a Caterpillar tractor or I'm selling nails or I'm selling 
enterprise software, I'm actually selling the same thing. Really, Grad? Oh my God, he's finally lost it. After 160 episodes, he's done. He's baked it out. No, no, no. We're all selling one thing in B2B. You know what we're selling? Can you guess? Uh, I've got all night here. Come on. <laughs> You're selling career success. When someone is buying a product for their company, they're thinking a couple of things. One is, how can this help my career? How do I show people I can make good decisions with vendors? And there's a kind of counterpoint, which is, what's the risk that making this decision will hurt my career? And particularly enterprise software, you know, it's, it can be quite a risky decision. Uh, people have to feel comfortable that they're not risking their career, and which leads to you know, risking their job and risking their family and risking you know, college funds. There's a lot of things that can be at play. So people are really wound up about these decisions and you're really selling career success, which is why forming relationships with people, connecting with people, um, being friends with people is really important. A lot of what people look at in B2B is, will this company respond to my comments? If I have a problem, will they get back to me? You know, do they care about me? You know, what happens if something goes down on a Friday night? Will it, will it be back up on the weekend or will I have to wait till the following week? You know, what will happen to me in my, if my colleagues aren't able to access it? Like all these are big issues. And so if I have a great B2C experience with a brand, when I have a B2B decision to make, I'm going to be more inclined to make that B2B decision with a set of positive B2C decisions under my belt. You know, we used to talk about this all the time at Microsoft. You know, the person who is making a decision on Microsoft Dynamics, which is a, an amazing, especially uh, Dynamics 365, which is an amazing, hey, shout out to Alyssa Taylor. Hi, Alyssa. Um, Dynamics 365 is just a you know, gorgeous product, you know, built from scratch, CRM system. Uh, but, you know, big piece of enterprise architecture. Uh, if I have a really good day, on Xbox, and I'm having a really great experience with Xbox Live, um, that has a mirror effect on my decisions to do other things with Microsoft on the business front. If I have a terrible set of experiences with Microsoft and I, I don't like using their equipment, uh, my PC broke and I couldn't get it fixed, I go, I, my Xbox Live account got hacked and I couldn't get back into it, you know, my Xbox you know, fried after two weeks, like, not that any of those things would ever happen, but if that did happen, then you come into my office to sell me dynamics. I'm like, you know what? I think I'm going to take a pass. I'm just I'm not interested. And so the inability for organizations to connect these two things is quite stunning. It's because the B2B organization, the selling organization, is quite separate from the uh, consumer B2C organization. So we don't have a complete profile. When, we, when you walk in the room, you don't know that that person does those things. Now, one thing I, I had quite an advantage of is that Microsoft, when we were running our customer experience center, we, have, we were using Sprinkler. And in Sprinkler, we can actually tag customers with all the different conversations we had. So you can actually see when you're talking to a customer that you had previously talked to them about Xbox or Dynamics or SQL or you know Office or whatever other things you had talked about. So you could see what other things that they were um, buying or using. Interestingly, there was a massive amount of interplay between Xbox and Dynamics. Uh, so that's kind of why I'm using the example. There was a shocking amount of Dynamics decision makers were also Xbox users. And so that would tell you that one of the best ways to get 
Dynamics users to be happy is to make sure they're delighted with their Xbox experience. Now we never went as far as really trying to dig dig into that, but you know, imagine that you take your largest B two B customers, you find out what they're doing with you on a B two C contingency, and then you go back and you know double down on those B two C experiences, so that when your seller walks into the room, they're super excited to see them because they're having a great time with your brand. And the fact of the matter is that people have a really hard time differentiating between the different divisions of a brand. And while we all love to sort of expose our infrastructure and our org charts to our customers, customers don't really get that. They just see that that there's a brand and that brand represents a set of values. And you can't violate your values in one area and expect someone to trust your values in another. So that's kind of a, an interesting way of thinking about it. So let's talk a little bit about something that may be a little bit out of beam. And I'm going to be a little bit careful with this because uh, I'm kind of, I'm a little bit angry about it. Well, a little bit's probably an understatement. I'm like super duper angry about this situation. So I'm, I'm just, I'm not sure um, how much I want to exercise my demons on this one. So we'll just, we're going to start with a generic brand here. We're not going to, I'm not going to go into an actual brand. But as the days go by or the weeks go by, who knows? I might dig into this a bit more. But I want to talk a little bit about an experience that I had recently with my mom and an airline. So, and this is where, again, this is where the whole customer profile, we, again, tend to think of things in terms of that individual customer and their individual relationship with the company. Uh, but we often forget that people live in systems. People live in systems that are you know, mostly formed around a family unit. And so that family unit, which can be kind of dynamic, but that family unit is important. And if part of the family unit is having a bad time with the brand, then other parts of the family unit are going to take a cue from that. And we don't really think in sort of family unit ways as we build out these systems. Uh, Health Fault, which is something that Sean Nolan um, built with uh, with me and many many other people uh, actually did do this. Health Fault sort of took into consideration the family health manager and the family unit as a way of thinking about the totality of the customer profile. But you know what Sean did was crazy innovative, and there haven't been many versions of that in any other systems. But let me let me back into where we are today in CXM and talk about this. So on this particular airline, I'm a uh, very high status member. Um, the highest status. In fact, it's a status which is like a secret status. When you get your kind of status renewal every year, they're like, shh, nobody knows about this status. It's so secret. You're so special. We love you so much. So don't tell everyone that we love you more than they do. We love you more than we love them or something like that. <laughs> I mean, it's kind of crazy actually. And uh, and they like thank you and there's like lots of like all sorts of cool stuff. Um, and I would say that generally I'm treated, um, for the most part, very well by the airline. They did do this really weird thing where they canceled all my credits because I hadn't flown in a year and I'm like, mm, hashtag pandemic. And it didn't seem to matter. So maybe if I apparently had to write a note or something, so there's some weird things about it. It's not all as, it's not all, we love you so much. It's a little bit more like, love your money so much. Oh, we love you so much. Something like that. Okay. And so, um, but then, you know, I bought a ticket for my mom and it was actually bought it on my account. So in this case, I really made it easy for this airline to do a good job because I bought this on my account, uh, through my identity, but for my mom and it was a first class ticket. So it wasn't like I was skimping out. 
and I paid cash for it. It wasn't like I was using miles. This is like full blown, full cash, and you know, very expensive, like thousands of dollars for domestic tickets. So, you know, really not fooling around. I really wanted to make sure that I gave my mom a good ride. And uh, it was very important to me. And she had come to see me in Maine. And we haven't talked about Maine at all, but I have to let the scars heal a tiny bit on that one. But then we've got some really fun podcasts coming up on that one. Um, But, uh, you know, she came to see me in Maine, which was amazing because I hadn't seen her in a year and a half. We had a really amazing time, absolutely wonderful time. And then she headed back. And she had the most ridiculous experience ever. Uh, Bottom line, she got bounced off the plane in Detroit, uh, didn't provide her a room. I I was able to get her a room. In fact, when when I say I, I mean my assistant, Uh, Sabrina, who's the world's greatest TA, uh, found her room in Toledo, Ohio, got her to Toledo in a car somehow. Then, you know, the next day, got her back to the airport, finally got her on a plane, got her home. But it was it was a terrible experience. She got her luggage days later. It was really it was like one of those nightmare travel experiences. We've all had those, but just like, okay, that, that happened. And they treated her very poorly and they didn't they didn't help her out the way you would normally help out someone that we really love, right? It didn't, it didn't, it didn't play out that way at all because you know, she wasn't a 360 member. And here's the crazy part, right? Like, you know where I'm going with this. So she wasn't a 360 member. So, you know, like they bounce her out, let her find her own place. We'll fly her when we fly her. We'll get her suitcase to her when we get her suitcase to her. Like, right? But she's my mom. <laughs> and I, I am a, we love you so much, member of this elite group, but I'm looking at them treating my mom like, you know, like garbage. So how do I feel about this airline right now? I feel terrible. Like I'm really angry. I'm super angry. I'm doing everything in my power just to restrain myself from going bananas. You know, it's, I'm really angry. And they, they didn't do anything quotation marks to me, but they did. They did, they did a terrible thing to me. And I'll tell you, another airline comes along and offers me a similar status, you know, bye-bye lover, you know, <laughs> moving on. You know, it, it is outrageous. And so again, as you think about Unified CXM, you really, you have to think about the whole person and the whole person includes their whole family, their whole world, like all the elements that pull them together. And this is where the benefits of a unified CXM platform really come into play because now I can actually, and because I have a single platform, I can begin joining these things together and I can get alerts on seeing that, hey, you know, Grad's mom is having a bad experience. Grad's really important to us. He spent, you know, God knows how much money with us. And we want to make sure we take care of that because we don't want to lose Grad's business. And by the way, Grad's also working at a company that's making contracts with airlines. So, there's a B2B component. Like when they come to us and they say, hey, you know, we really like to sell you like a, a fleet requirement and give you a discount for all your employee travel. I'm going to be like, really? I don't think so. And that, that is the thing that people miss. People miss the whole experience. And particularly in B2B, they miss the impact of B2C experiences on B2B purchasing decisions. So what do you do about it? Well, you know, a unified CXM system has a lot of advantages because you can basically have a single customer profile. The CDP, the customer data profile inside Sprinkler, allows you to have a complete picture of what's going on, that single customer profile, and allows you to basically, you know, connect everyone in the company, 
to collaborate around that person. And when something's going wrong, to be able to drive alerts around people that are important customers and make sure that you deal with it. Um, there are other advantages to unified platforms. We'll talk about those a little bit in the next few episodes, many of them in the sort of IT area around integrations and scaled innovation and de-risking your CXM stack and especially around upgrades. Um, but there's a lot of advantages in terms of how you treat your customer. I'll, I'll end with one final example and then we'll kind of close this, this show out and then pick it back up again because I'm steamed right now about this airline. <laughs> I got to get out of here before I say who they are. Um, uh, so here is the, um, here's like one good example. So if you ever had something go wrong and you've gone to the website to find the item and get the 1-800 number or the email or the WhatsApp or whatever contact system they use for customer support and then you, and then you, you get it and then you leave. Um, but having gone to the website, you've been cookied. So suddenly all of the ads on the website are now hitting you and they're all hitting you with the product that you're complaining about or having an issue with. So now you're being massively advertised to you about a product that you uh, have a problem with. And then you're now dealing with customer service and support and you do or don't resolve that. It just seems like it's so irritating. And beyond the irritation, it's such an incredible waste of money because the chances of me buying a product that I am simply complaining about is zero. Like it's zero chance I'm going to be buying that product. So running those ads against me, it's going to cost, which is costing the company. And you know, not only are you driving me insane as a customer, but you're also spending money in advertising you don't need to spend. It's just ridiculous. In a unified platform like Sprinkler, when a customer service ticket gets opened, all ads to that customer are stopped. So immediately that customer is not seeing any ads until the customer service ticket is closed. It's a really efficient and thoughtful way of creating a, creating a better customer experience and also not wasting ad dollars where you don't need to. That's just one minor example. We'll talk about many more as we go over the next uh, couple of weeks and talking about Unified CXM. And for the Unified CXM experience, I'm Grad Khan, CXO, Chief Experience Officer at Sprinkler, and I'll see you next time. Delta! <laughs>